Welcome to the Depths of Motherhood podcast, the show that is ready to go deep into the exploration of raising wildlings in today's world and how to tap into your innate wisdom. Hosted by Danielle Baker, a women's circle facilitator, doula, and passionate mother. Danielle welcomes guests onto the show who are dedicated to positively influencing the world of pregnancy, birth, parenting, and humaning in general. Join us to debunk the myths and reveal truths that will realign you back to your true nature. Mothering in today's world may seem overwhelming at times. This podcast aims to cut through the noise to share with you information to support you on your journey. Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. Today, Tasha joins us on the show. Tasha is a mother who fearlessly unleashed her kids from formal education to embrace the freedom of organic learning. Motivated by what happened during the times of COVID, Tasha embarked on a transformative journey of unlearning and gratitude. With three boys in tow, through personal coaching by Dana Martin, the founder of Radical Unschooling, Tasha became an unschooling advocate. Little did Tasha know that this path would radically reshape her approach to parenting, advocacy for children's rights, and her worldviews. Seeking freedom within her own country, she boldly questions and investigates every system that shaped us, asking the fundamental questions, who truly benefits? Tasha has described unschooling, not just as a philosophy, but a transformative lifestyle. So if you've ever wondered what the difference is between homeschooling and unschooling, or if you are already exploring this topic, then this conversation is for you. I always had a feeling that I would be exploring a different way from the schooling system, even before I had Araya. The thing that always came to mind was homeschooling. And it wasn't until I realized that I didn't feel comfortable with the curriculum that I started to question, well, what else is there? Because I didn't even know when schooling was a thing. I had so many questions and at that time there was so little online. So when I found the work that Tasha was doing, I was so inspired to get her on the show. And so if you are curious or have embarked already on this journey, and if there's anything else that you are looking for questions on, then Tasha is available for support through groups and one-on-one. So before we get into the show, I would like to invite you to our monthly membership. In this membership, we are sending out weekly nourishing videos to reconnect you to your body, support you in shedding old skin, and to step curiously and courageously on your journey. Also, you'll be invited to two monthly live gatherings. And you are going to have access to all our courses, which include menstrual cycle awareness, pelvic mapping, nourishing somatic practices, workshops on body literacy, and conversations for healing and integrating. And you can find the link to our membership in the show notes. Welcome, everybody, to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, Tasha joins us on the show. Welcome, Tasha. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to meet you and connect with you finally, Danielle. 
Yes, I know. And I was just saying how I've been following you on social media mm-hmm. and you have and continue to inspire me so much with how you show up and speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So today Thanks. we're going to go into uh, unschooling. Which unschooling. But yeah, let's huh. and see where that goes to because there's so many roots with that. Yeah, share a little bit about you, like how you got to this point of showing up and representing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a wild ride. So I guess my story just starts back in 2020, like everybody. For myself, you know, I wasn't one of those people that immediately, immediately knew there was something wrong. It took me about four weeks. I was actually so invested in the narrative. We had shut down our business, lay off 65 people, bring all three of my kids home. They were all on separate computers. I had to deal with the customers who wanted their clothes. We have a dry cleaning business. And so I'd be on these, this headset for 11 hours a day, trying to manage the kids, you know, sh- shushing them. Like everything that I don't do now, pretty much. I was the complete opposite, you know, just a matrix mummy working, working the family business, pushing my kids on the bus every day, outsourcing them to everybody else to do their activities and raise them and just trying to keep up with life, right? And so when they came home, that was a huge shift, obviously, but I'm a team player. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And then you hear about the masks, you're right. Okay, what can we do? And my biggest thing was, how do we get the business back online? Because we just really, we, we laid off 65 people. So I'm like, okay, we've got to wear this mask for two weeks. All right, you know what? Why don't we, there's a shortage with PPE. Why don't we make them? Because I have 12 stores and a million seamstresses and let's make them and get people to volunteer their fabric and we'll distribute them with our vans. And my husband's like, that's going to be thousands of dollars. I'm like, it's the right thing to do. Hi, little one. Oh, that's perfect. She likes to pop in for a little bit of booby. You know, we're still going strong with that. Oh, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. I was going to say, if mine come in, I have to, I'll just mute you. And that's another story I'll tell you about. It's the life. And (laughs) that was one of the cues that changed mine was when I saw my mentor, who I didn't know was going to become my mentor, Dana Martin, on a video. And she had said to Kelly Brogan, who's the holistic psychiatrist. I don't know if you know her, but she was on the Biden's list of dirty dozen not to follow. So you should follow her. But anyway, she said on this video, she was talking about unschooling and she said, oh, you know, if one of my kids come in, because I'm always with my crew, I'll just have to mute you and I'll come back in the middle of this show. And I was like, what? Because I just spent three months during the pandemic shushing them and, you know, shutting the door. And I was like, whatever that is, I want more of that. Like that was my introduction to unschooling. And so, but anyway, just to back it up. So I go, I'm on the news with our business. Like the news crews came, they did a story on us here at Mask Free, Mask Makers, YYC. I'm like leading the charge, you know? And then when the two weeks ended and they said, okay, no, you got to keep going and we're going to keep you locked down. Something didn't sit right, right? Something didn't sit right. And it was literally, I was watching this other woman post contra-narrative information on her Instagram. My sister-in-law came over and like blew me away with some, some shows like The Fall of Cabal. And, you know, there was something else with, oh, it was, a, it was a video from David Rodrigo and Nino Rodriguez, the ex-boxer. And he was talking about Hollywood. And he was talking about the kids. And he was talking about adrenochromes. You know, I, I'm just getting sad. And something in my soul activated in that moment. I cried. I was in the middle of my kitchen. I'll never forget it. It was like 
a 20 minute video that he did. I called my sister-in-law and I said, I don't know what this is, but I know and I want to be part of the solution. That's all I said. And that was about three, four weeks into all of the stuff. I started backing away from this mask initiative. I started doing the deep dive, the research, spiritually activated. My husband thought I was insane. I grabbed the kids. I moved like out to our cabin and pulled them out. I knew they would never be going back. I knew spiritually, I had the foresight that in the fall, it was going to be chaos and mass hysteria and masking and social distancing. And I wanted nothing to do with it. By the summer, I knew when I listened to the CEO of the Calgary Flames talk about how they were shutting down, but that they were going to, it would all be better once they found a vaccine for this. I knew immediately they were going to try to vaccinate the planet. And I had never vaccinated my kids. So I, I did one vaccine when I felt pressure by the school eventually after about when they were about seven and five, they did one MMR vaccine. This is right before COVID. And they were telling me there was a huge breakout. And, you know, this has been years of me up against the system by myself. And so I was like, okay, fine, they're older. I'll just do one and the worst decision ever. But then COVID came and I was like, whoa, no, I'm on track. I'm on point. Like, no way, right? So, yeah, so that all happened. And basically, fast forward a bit, my husband thought I was crazy. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours researching. I just asked him to trust me to homeschool for, the, for one year. Just give me one year. And he said, okay. And I was super stoked to be like the teacher the homeschooler of the year. My kids love me. It's so great. And I'm going to show everybody. And I went and got all the stuff and I had all the ABCs and I had all the numeracy and I just lit up our little area and we're going to do it from nine to 12. And it's going to be so amazing. And it wasn't, it was like an epic fail. It was so bad. And by day three, I was literally like yelling at the kids, trying to coerce them, bribing them with food, like, and just like, you know, falling to my knees thinking, what have I done? I've completely changed my life upside down. Like you have to understand, my kids used to ask me to homeschool them when the bus would be late. And I would say, absolutely not over my dead body, get on that bus because I couldn't imagine in the construct that my life was how I could ever do something like that. Like, what do you mean? I have to work. I work with the family business. I work with my husband. You know, we have things to do. I like my time. You need to learn where, what would I do? There's no way I'm not meant for that. So, but my life did change radically with COVID and there's the blessing, the underlying blessing, right? And it changed it upside down that I could, I had to strategize. I literally had to burn the boats to get to the island because all I knew is that I couldn't do what they were saying, which was put them back in that environment. I just knew that. I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it, but I knew I wasn't going to do that. So after the three days, and I'm thinking, I've just convinced family, the, the few friends I had left after going public with my thoughts, that this homeschooling was going to be awesome. And, and it wasn't. And that's luckily, by the divine nature, like thank the Holy Spirit, I ended up finding this video with Dana Martin, just like this, talking to Kelly Brogan, talking about unschooling. I didn't even know if it was legal in Canada. I didn't even know what it was. But I just knew that the way she spoke I just wanted more of that. I sensed a freedom in her that she had that I felt that I didn't have access to. And I thought if she's got it, I, I, I can get it. I want that, right? So 
I did what any, you know, eager student wants to do. And I ate up all her content and I went on her site and I, I connected with her and I ended up taking her coaching course for a couple of years. I still work with her today. She's still my number one mentor. It's been three years. And that started me on the path to unschooling. And it's a radical one. It's a radical one. And the deprogramming that had to happen with all of that. So that's kind of the start. Yeah. (laughs) And then I literally simultaneously ended up running into Jason Kristoff's work. And he became my coach. And I've been studying under him for years as well. So as I was finding out what was going on in our world on a macro level, like waking up to this authoritative paradigm with our government, waking up to the injustices and that the world is nothing that I thought it was. Mm. I was also working in my own home at the same time on a micro level, trying to figure out where the authoritative paradigm and that frequency resonates in my own home. Where am I a tyrant as a parent? Where do I coerce my children? Where do I control them? Because we're never going to heal anything outside there unless we don't do the inner work, right? Wow. <laughs> this has been such a spiritual journey for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like spiritual awakening. Yes. Yes. Wow. Definitely. And unrecognizable. Some... My life. Yeah. This thing happened that was not in your control, that is in no one's control. And you had to really dig deep to see mm-hmm. how you were going to relieve this suffering inside of you because it was so loud. Mm -hmm. And through everything, like even your relationships with people around you are going against what this truth is trying to come out. And you're like, no, I've got this. And how amazing that you came, you came across resources and people to support you at that time when it was so difficult to find anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy that you, that came into your reality so that you can stand here today and share with so much passion and like you said that you had that when you sorry what was the woman's name who you work with and you said you saw her like yeah when you said that I was like that's what I see when I see you because I look at him like freedom you know what I mean it's just like you're speaking this and it's coming through Mm -hmm. and I was so that inspired me so much because it doesn't matter what it is it's like how can you step into that because there's it's your truth you've seen it and the world wants to see you sharing what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. And, and I just want to do what they've done for me and be a lighthouse. Like they were a lighthouse mm. for me during that dark time. And I'm yes. so grateful that they did the work they did, paved that path for me. And all I want to do is pay it forward. All I want to do is share my story, live my life out loud. And it comes at a high price, especially in these times, but that's okay. And it's interesting that you say, going up and your truth is wanting to come out and everyone's against you. And there was many, many times because as I moved past that first part of diving into the unschooling, then came the hard work because it came the hard work of still grieving my old life, researching more and more what's going on, challenging my own beliefs around parenting, how I, how I speak, how I teach, how I advocate for children, all of that's going on. And then in comes the trucker convoy you know, fast forward another year, right? We've got mandates happening. I'm ready to leave the country. My husband and I by then have kind of come to, you know, a bit of a consensus that mostly everything I've said has come true. (laughs) So after a year and a half under our belt, he could see, okay, maybe she's not as crazy as I thought once thought. 
But living apart actually helped. He would commute on the weekends because I could do the research I needed because he literally didn't want me on the computer because I was just rattling his reality, right? And I was in pain. I was having dark nights of the soul like you wouldn't believe. And I'd have to hide them from him. I would literally sometimes like wait till the kids are in bed and then I would go in the shower and cry, just cry thinking about the kids and understanding that this is so much bigger than we thought and just feeling so unheard and, you know, feeling like you're crazy and all these things. But, you know, it's the power of faith. And I have to say, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but we went to, I had a friend, so Dr. Eric Payne, who was amazing and came out and to speak and had so much to lose when he did. I, I grew up working with his wife. And so we were friends and I was planning with another friend to leave the country if I needed to. When Trudeau finally said that vaccinated, unvaccinated parents were a threat to our children and their children, I was preparing for us to leave if we had to on a plane at somebody else who was a bit of a freedom fighter and with the kids. Anyway, so the trucker convoy comes, it's starting, and I get a call from Eric Payne, and he says, and his wife, and they say, like, do you have any connections to get us out to Ottawa? What do you think? So we did. We ended up planning. And while we were planning this to take a plane to go out there, it was illegal for us to fly. We have to remember that. It's not that long ago, right? And I'm standing in the the meeting room of the air flight hangar with Eric Payne. And I get a call from my husband that, because I took my social media and went public again as the trucker started coming in because my husband had asked me to go private for a while because I was just making too much noise and affecting the business. And so I respected that that for a while, but I had already blown up all the relationships, right? So anyway, I'm standing there and, and he calls me and says, Tasha, you just went public again with your Instagram. And one of our clients from Great Western Life, a board member, saw your post about supporting the truckers and that you're going out there. And they have canceled our contract for $85,000 a year. And I'm just like standing there planning this and listening to this. And he's like, you know, you're affecting the lives of not only us, but the, the people that work for us. And I was like, it, it was just this moment of, do I trust what my, what my faith is saying? Do I, do I go, do this anyway? Or do I cower in this moment and capitulate to this woke mob, so to speak, as I come to call it today? And I was like, I love you, but I have to do this. Like, there's no going back. I have to go and I have to follow this. And he was like, okay. And I said, and I need your support. My mom watched the kids. I left for five weeks. I had no idea I'd be home in three days. I had no idea it was going to be five weeks. I flew with the most incredible crew of people. I worked with international giants in their field. These people became my friends everywhere from Dr. Roger Hawkinson, Dr. Francis Christian, Dr. Paul Alexander, taking back our freedoms. James Peloso, like these people I will ride and die with, you know, till the end now after an experience like that. But thank God I went. And so, yeah, it's just a, a little tidbit about how important it is to follow that truth and that gut and that instinct and that drive that you have. I feel that so much. 
mm-hmm. like you're on mission, mission impossible. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what <laughs> it felt like for sure. But it's a lot, you know, like for now you're just saying words, but in the moment, like you shared it so clearly, but the emotions that come with that of your partner, your husband mm. saying that, being against you, but then being like, okay, like if you've, he's, he knows you're not going to stop. He feels that inside of you. He feels that fire inside of you. I'm wondering how, how did that unfold? Did he get fully on board with you? You know, he, like I did, like I, I, I say this to a lot of my parents who don't have supportive partners is, you know, do the research, come with your concerns and say to them, like I did, do you trust me? Do you trust that I have the best interests of our children at heart? You know, do you trust me as a, their mother? You know, and if you have any remnants of a relationship, they'll hear your soul. And I just said, like, you can either do the research and we can have a conversation after that, or you can trust me and give me that year. I don't know why I'm getting so forced today. It's massive though, isn't it? It's you're and he did going back to that moment as you speak, as you bring it up, your your body's mm-hmm. feeling that again. Yeah. And he did. And and then you know what? It takes time, but then he saw the kids thriving. And not only that, he saw the shenanigans that I was uncovering more and more that are going on with the school. So this story of mine over the past three years has started with my own, you know, ego death, my own spiritual awakening, moved into fighting for freedom, having everything burnt around me, you know, kind of being a phoenix and rising from that ash and then going into the school system. And like, I don't have to do this. I, my kids are out of school. I can go on with my merry way with my little local homeschool group and live my life in the woods or leave this country eventually, which is not off the table. And I do this because I feel called to do this. And I do this because somebody did it for me. Yeah. You know, you somebody advocated. Almost. It's, had, it's just yeah. coming through you. Yeah. And wow. I'm so appreciative of the advocacy work that other people have done, like the John Holtz, John Taylor Gatto, you know, Dana Martin. Just there's an endless supply of people who've written materials and citations and didn't have to. But thank goodness. Oh, yes. And then moments as well when you're like, why am I doing this again? To get the strength and to support each other and be like, oh, and that's why. Because not only are you transitioning into something completely unknown, but it's also against the narrative that's been fed for so long as well. And every part of you like, has been brought up in that. So it's like the bit underneath that that knows. Yeah. Oh, we've been enslaved. Oh, we've right. been lied to. Oh, yeah. hello. So who's going to hold my hand as I transition into this now? And yeah. you found your tribe, Listen. which is amazing because for so many, we're like within a tribe that we don't really know, but we kind of feel safe, but we're afraid to speak our truth kind of. So, you know, like pushing through these, pushing through the fire sometimes, and well, pushing through the fire and getting to the other side and really seeing what's there even though it's painful, is, mm-hmm. is the biggest wake up and, f- and welcome mm-hmm. into freedom that you can get. So in the beginning, you mentioned about you started to homeschool and mm-hmm. then you realized, oh, wait a minute, this is another <laughs> system. It doesn't, doesn't seem right. Something's not working here. 
And yeah. so then to transition into unschooling, mm-hmm. what what does that mean to you? And and why unschooling over homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, at first I thought there was something wrong with me because I was like, why would they do this for the teacher all day and then not do this for me, right? But kids are going to show you who they really are with you. And so, you know, most kids don't actually want to do the work. I mean, you kind of see at the beginning in kindergarten, grade one and two, they're really excited to go to school, see friends, do stuff. But by grade six and seven, there's a void. There's a void in their spirit, right? Because it this is to serve the authoritative paradigm, this entire construct of school. And I didn't know it at the time, but it it prompted me to go do some deep dirt, like dive into compulsory school and its foundations and seeing the dark side of it and then understanding like, okay, before 200 years ago, like when people were forced to to take their children off the farm and put them in school, like there were actually like wars with the government, like guns, like people were killed in the States, in Europe. And we've always been fed the story, oh, it was child labor. Well, education's totally, I mean, thank God we did that, how civilized we are. We don't really understand what led to that and that there were people that had the same knowingness and intuition at that time, how evil this government was. So this, when people talk about what's happening in the world today and say this is a spiritual war or say that this has been going on for millennia, it has, it has. And you can go back to these same ruling class elite families, how they pass their wealth and knowledge on generationally, intergenerationally to a small group of people who run this human farm. Now that took a while to get to, but like I said, I was prompted with the unschooling to, and I could just sense, I was like, but I was so scared because I thought, are they going to be behind? And then I had to challenge that belief, like behind what? Comparison kills joy. I say it all the time. I've been saying that prior to 2020. I have three boys, so I say it often. And so if that's true, is that true in a school setting? Does comparison kill joy, right? That's what school's about. The whole fear-based sentiment is for your child not to be behind by what? Comparing them to another child. We take all these children by their manufactured date and we throw them in a group together, which is totally unrealistic anyway. That's I have friends who are in their 70s. I have friends who are in their 20s. That's not how life actually works. And it's completely like if anyone's in a prison, like we think this is so sophisticated and we've locked them up as a glorified babysitter to indoctrinate them. We are, we, not we, they are being indoctrinated by the same faction that we no longer trust by the same entity that it's turned against its own people and is tone deaf at best and evil at worst. And we're going to go and drop them off every day for six to seven hours a day with that group of people? Like only a fool would let his enemy raise his children, as Malcolm X says, which, you know, I did not put any thought to until I was in this situation myself. So unschooling, because here we are fighting for freedom. We want freedom as adults. And our children want it just as much as we do. And they are on the lowest of the totem pole. We don't even consider it. It's just not even a thought. We've all been conditioned that you just hand your child over at the age of five to an institution run by the state. Of course you do. You're not qualified. You're not capable, Danielle. Like, who are you to think that you could bestow anything onto your children after the age of four? 
I mean, now it's even younger. You should have them in preschool at age three and then daycare before that. Hey, we'll subsidize it. Make it a dollar a day. Come on, give us your kids. Give us your kids. Right? So we don't even know. I certainly didn't. I thought I was being the best mom. Of course, I'm going to send my kids to school. Of course, I want them to be socialized and smart and all these things. And I'm not capable. But yeah, you're right. I'm not capable of reproducing your same garbage cabal curriculum at my kitchen table for three hours a day. Now, this has taken me years to get to. You have to understand, I sound very confident, but it wasn't like that at the start. I am now because I understand who the people are. I know what's behind the veil. I know the Wizard of Oz. I know the plot. I I understand it. So it's almost laughable that I would ever send my children to an environment like that. Now, am I saying that they're never going to go to school? No, what I'm saying is they want to do something in an apprenticeship-like you know, arrangement. They want some mentorship. They want specialized programming when they're older. Absolutely. I'm going to support that. It's not unlearning. Well, it is a bit. You're unlearning really everything we've been taught, but unschooling is actually not for the faint of heart. You have to be a present, loving parent, willing to challenge your own hidden beliefs of the system of which you've grown up with that you've always trusted your whole life. So this is work. But it's not work like you think for the kids. The kids are fine. They'll always be fine. It's us that have to get out of the way. It's us that have to do the deprogramming. It's us that have to challenge everything and all the lies and all of the traumas that we've had that we have to heal. So that is the path in the unschooling realm. But really, it's about freedom of that freedom of choice, freedom of choice for them to be. We you're meeting everyone's needs in the family, not just the children, the parents, too. They're equally as important. And by emulating that, you're actually teaching equity, okay? Not the indoctrination type in the schools that tell you what equity is when they, the UN wants to ban homeschooling because of privilege. No, no, no. All your inverted garbage, you, you can keep over there. What we're doing is we're going to teach loving kindness and how we uh, meet each other's needs in the family and how we follow each other's passions with a reckless abandon. And that's the pursuit of happiness is following your passions. And through that, learning is just the byproduct. Education becomes the byproduct of living a joyous life. So if you can actually, people think, I can't do that. There's no way I need, I have to work. Yes, you might have to completely change your life upside down. But look at the world today. Look at what's going on. But in doing so, there's a freedom in that all of a sudden you aren't running on somebody else's timeline, somebody else's matrix, somebody else's ideas of what you think and what you ought to know at any given time. You're finding rhythms with your family that work for you and your family. You're going into a rhythm state, right? Seasons. You're going into seasons. What works for you? Are you in the traveling family? Are you going to travel this year? Do you have other unschooling families? Are you making community? You know, following their passions. My little one is into ski racing right now. We do that three times a week. You know, like that's a lot. We don't need to be like running around and learning. And sometimes he'll say to me, because he wants to catch up with his brother who's really into math right now and is doing a program. He'll say, you know, can you do some math questions with me at lunch hour during skiing? And we just sit there and we write questions out, you know, just naturally. We don't, do you know that most unschooling kids don't actually start reading in in between till nine and 13? And it's because naturally, children don't have the desire to do that. They don't have any meaningful need. 
like reading, because everybody questions me on that. Well, what about numeracy and, you know, literacy? Those are just tools that humans use to do something. That's it. And so when you have a passion and you want to do something and you realize I need those tools to get there, you're going to do it. There are studies of unschooling kids who decided that they wanted to learn math and then they became in contract with the teacher and the teacher's like, you sure you want to learn math? And they're like, yeah, we want to learn math and some of John Holt's work. And so they, they said, okay, well, we'll come in for 45 minutes, two times a week. And, and if you guys don't show up or you don't do the work, then we'll just make the contract null and void. Okay. There's the responsibility, right? So they start doing that. And within six weeks, they had done the full year course. And the teachers that were teaching them were so amazed. They went to ask regular conventional teachers and said, is this possible? Like, look what's going on here. These kids are just like eating this up. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know, and the teachers are like, oh, the two teachers that they talked to, the conventional ones were like, absolutely. The hardest thing that we come up to is trying to teach uh, minds that aren't ready to learn. Right. So imagine that you got a class of 18 to 24 to 32 kids. And how many of them actually want to know right then in that moment how to learn, how to read or how to do that thing or whatever it is. Right. And so kind of resistance internally, like how many things in school have you actually just memorized to get through the test, to get through the essay, to get to the teacher, to get the grade, jump the hoops. Such a good memorizer. Right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. I used to pride myself on it. Me too. Like I have a 19-year-old stepson. And when he was supposed to go to university a year and a half ago until they mandated even the online students to get vaccinated. So he came and worked for the company. But my advice to him when he was in high school before 2020, before my spiritual awakening was, when you get into university, you just find out what the prof wants. Every prof wants something different. Go figure out if that prof needs you in class all the time and is watching for attendance. Go find out if this one loves the essay format. Go figure it out. Go meet them. And then you just do that thing. You just, you just do that thing. You know, like don't, yeah, don't critically think too much and don't challenge them too much. Just find it unless they want you to challenge them, unless it's that kind of prof, just do exactly what they want and you'll get through it. Like what, what is that that we're paying for an exorbitant amount of money for? And it's dangerous kids, as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Look what's going on. I was a nurse and I realized I came out of university after four years knowing nothing and then being shamed if I didn't know something. But I was Mm -hmm. so full of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. and I would say, oh, I could, I was smart, you know, by standard, but I was just really good at memorizing everything you just said there. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was me. And I only felt like I truly became knowledgeable in, in certain areas is when I, I started to enjoy it and felt passionate about it and started doing my own research. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100% because that's how the human spirit is designed. We're not designed to all know the same thing. We're designed to follow our passions. And so that's what unschooling is. It's giving children the time to explore passions and giving them and trusting them. It, It requires an innate trust in their process, in their path in knowing that they have come here as a little soul and they have an agenda of their own and they have a path. And if we can get out of the way and just become a peaceful partner to them, somebody who helps facilitate and is there for them and is rooting them on to discover like how they're going to unfold. In public schooling, 
they're going to mold your children how they see fit. Now, we got to remember, we don't, under, we don't trust this government. We don't trust this institution anymore. So why would I want my children to be molded by them, their brains? When, and schooling is the unfolding of who they were meant to be. That's my best description for it. I love it. It reminds me of this thing I read very early on after I, I gave birth to Araya. She's only two now, but it was something like removing obstacles from their path, you know, so that they can walk along their own path. And that really stood out to me because of everything that I'd, I'd been taught as well. And it made me think of, you know, all this, I'll just say midlife crises, but like just the term used by society is just this breaking free of things and realizing, oh, I haven't followed this passion inside of me. I, I, I'm craving something like there's this craving for us to these things we come here that we want to know and that we want to experience. Mm -hmm. And that for me is these like awakening moments as well mm -hmm. and taking a completely different path. And as you're saying this, I'm just, you know, I've thought about this a lot, but school feeling like that prison, not being able to go to the toilet, not being able to leave the classroom, yeah. being stuck next to people you don't want to be sat next to, mm -hmm. listening to someone who you don't want to listen to. And I even heard recently one of my aunties put something on social media, like literally they wouldn't let her daughter go to the toilet, you know, like they wouldn't let mm -hmm. her go to the toilet. And then underneath people are like, yeah, well, you know, if everyone wanted to go to the toilet, there wouldn't be a class or, you know, she, she needs to get a certificate to say that she can pee or she's on a period. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. let's disconnect mm -hmm. children from their bodies even more. Yeah, hundred percent. And when you talk to a child and you, and you think about a child going into school, I mean, basically what they're taught immediately is that their boundaries don't count, uh, their passions don't count, their ideas don't count. They're going to follow the leader. They're told to be quiet, don't question authority, and do as I tell you, not as I do, and all of those things. And that's where all of those myths come from. And when you're talking to a child and you ask them if they're genuinely interested in something and they say no, and you do it anyway, and you force them to do it anyway, and you force learn, you are basically telling their soul that they don't matter. That's what you're saying. How powerful that is that? And what are the consequences to that? Wow. I think I might write that down and put it on <laughs> where I can see every day. Yeah. Wow. Just for myself, you know, if I don't mm -hmm. want to do something or I do honor it, mm -hmm. listen to that as well. Mm -hmm. And it's so deeply rooted in so much stuff. So it's like, as you go down this path, you start to see other things, the veil lifts in different areas as you untangle, because it's so intertwined in our whole society of putting the children into the system to then bring them out to work for the system, to give them right. money to put back into the system. hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's set up as like a human farm. And there's one more thing I wanted to add to something that you said about obstacles. One thing I've learned is, you know, immediately when you start to do this work and go on this journey, you're, you go through some periods that can be daunting, like you're scared and you can't believe you have children in this time. And you're like, oh my gosh. And, and you just want to protect them from everything. And you never want to let them out of the house. And, and over time, you realize that, you know what, their obstacles are their path, you know, like my obstacles are my paths. I'm here today because of my obstacles. So we're not here just to always remove the obstacles, right? We're here to help them overcome them when they're ready. 
but we realize everybody has obstacles and that's designed, that's the nature of the soul's journey, I believe. I love that so much. Thank you for that perspective. Wow. Mm. Everyone listening who's like, okay, this is, wow, this is super interesting, but maybe bringing a little bit of anxiety because seeing Mm. things, awakening to things that are completely new. And, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast, we've experienced this through um, going on the journey of unraveling childbirth as a business. Mm -hmm. So I think that is an amazing step because you see things that maybe you have never seen before or, or, you know, even the concept around taking your birth away from the system mm-hmm. or taking your birth back. So what advice or support would you offer to parents listening to this to, to start to maybe transition or to look into this mm-hmm. a little bit deeper? Well, if you've already done like home birthing and you've kind of gone down that rabbit hole and done that path, you're in good shape because, you know, peaceful parenting is just the transition of like of that, of co-sleeping, of that entire paradigm. It really is not that hard of a transition. My, I seem to speak to people that are really sleeping, like people that were like in the matrix and had an abrupt awakening. Like I had natural childbirth, but my husband wouldn't let me have it at home. So we agreed to do a, go to a low risk clinic. And so, and like, I didn't vaccinate. So there was some programming that didn't stick with me is that I was awake and aware of that, that, but I was not the mom that was like breastfeeding until I was, you know, I breastfed until they were a year. I didn't breastfeed until they were four and have like co-sleeping. They co- they've co-slept with me now for years, which is so funny. It's like, I've done a complete reversal. But, you know, I didn't, I wasn't the granola parent. I was like the matrix mom, like the work, I was ready to work. I was excited. You know, we, I was running and doing the bake sales and then the fundraisers and couldn't wait for, you know, the Friday night at cocktail hour and have the play dates. And it's just crazy because, you know, now I don't drink. I don't even drink coffee. I'm just in a complete, you know, <laughs> I'm, it's unrecognizable. So I speak a lot to the, to those who have had an abrupt awakening, right? And they're going, what the hell. But so for those that are listening, and this isn't going to be an easy transition if you've gone down the, you know, the peaceful childbirth route. But for those who are feeling anxiety or, you know, um, not sure, it's, it's not that hard to look. You know, there, there are five big agendas going on in the public school system, and it's going on in the pi- private sector as well, because it's all about the money. You just have to follow the money. Now, there is a bigger thing other than the money going on, but we don't need to get into that in this podcast. I think I've already touched on it at the beginning. There's there's a whole child sex trafficking element to everything that's going on in our world. But if you just follow the money, because you're just kind of coming out to see what's going on, you can find that these are pharmaceutical political agendas and you know, ideologies that are being pushed in our kids in the school. And there's fives that I can locate specifically. And one is the SOGI one, two, three curriculum. And maybe your listeners don't know, but this was tabled in parliament in 2015 by a convicted pedophile named Ben Levin, who is, was the ex-deputy education minister for Kathleen Wynne. There's pictures of him at pride parades with Trudeau and Kathleen Wynne and supporting that. This guy is a convicted pedophile. He sexually abused his own three daughters. He fantasized about having sex with his infant grandkids. He only went to jail for three years. And his work has been documented by other psychologists as 
grooming material. And this started as pilot projects in different schools in Ontario and now has flooded all of our Canadian school systems. The SOGI 123 curriculum. There is a website called Exposing SOGI 123. There are parents that have gotten together. They are doing in chronological order all of the books that are in the kids' libraries and being passed out. How they're getting away with this. I have teachers on the inside that connect with me is that they are doing this during lunch hours, after school clubs and assemblies because they don't actually have to write down that this is a curriculum being taught, okay? I had a family that just said to me, well, we could pull them out in, in the fall. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Calls me that I said, why don't you have a chat with your eight-year-old daughter and tell her if she's seeing anything going on at the schools. Next day, she calls me. We're, I need to, I'm coming to your class. I pulled her today. I can't believe it. There's, there's a furry in her class. She told me all about it. She rubs her butt on the playground next to me. They have, they're talking about putting a litter block box in the washroom. And she told me about this little girl who identifies as a demon. And the, all of these things, talk to your kids. You have to talk to them in a way that's not confronting. You have to talk to them in a way that's through connection. But talk to your kids. Go to a public library, for goodness sake. You can see it right there. Go look at there's a librarian that has said that they have quotas in the libraries, okay? There's money here. You get money. Follow the money. If you go to a public library and go to look at the kids section, go see what's front and center. You'll see it for yourself. There are books that are, I remember when I was a kid, I was in French immersion. And I remember in grades four, there was the dictionary. And in the dictionary, it had like the naked woman and the naked like has like boy or whatever, right? And the body parts. And we would all laugh and pass it around. The stuff and material that they have now is so perverse and disgusting. I don't even want to get into it, but you can go to my my unschooling IG account. You can go into my story highlights and teacher parent and you can see the books for yourself. Gender queer, you know, boy on boy sex, you know, blowjobs and the, the words they use, the pictures they use. There was the one where the brother, you know, puts his fingers in his sister's vagina and calls it vagina slime. Like this sounds really, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it sounds like I'm making this up, but I'm not. And then even in BC here and in Ontario, even last night I posted something. You see what's going on now with parents going and speaking to the boards and mm. see how the boards are reacting and see where the power really lies. Do we employ these people with our taxpaying dollars? Do we select mm. these people? Do we vote for these people? Yeah, we're supposed to. But are they representing the people? No, they're being thrown out. They're being canceled. Their mics are being turned off for posing the question about who has the authority to teach this kind of material to our kids. How is it affecting your kid? You might say, oh, it's not affecting my kid. I love Mrs. Crabapple Tree down at the, the local school and they're so great. Well, we'll see when they're 13 and 14 and they come to you and tell you that they want to transition or that you're a bigot for saying that men can't have babies and it's not true. There's not 150 genders. So that's what this is designed to do. It's designed to break up the family unit. And if you don't trust the government and we can agree on that, then you have to ask yourself, do I trust a facility that the government runs? that's it that's the number one question you have to yourself and if you say eh, yeah no then it's time to look into it so there's sochi there's collectivism versus the rights and freedom of the individual obviously we saw that with the schmack scene and all of that there's critical race theory there's social emotional learning they also great great buzzwords diversity inclusion all of this stuff but the, the insidious nature of it behind it is what you need to look at the hidden agenda where apologizing for your whiteness listen I'm a quarter black, okay? Like, and I'm Jewish. So I'm all about diversity. I'm all about talking about that stuff. But here's the thing. Critical race theory is 
making white kids feel guilty for something they're not responsible for. And it's disempowering every other ethnicity with a sense of victimhood and entitlement that that never serves the human spirit. But it does serve the system because if they can keep us divided, we're easier to control. So there's also the climate hysteria, right? I talk a lot about that in my posts and the MAIDS program most, you know, notably and new. And like they've just handed out the MAIDS. So that's the medical assisted suicide program. So they just sent out a K to six coloring book to all the kids normalizing medical euthanasia. You know, I thought we were supposed to be saving grandma during COVID. Now we're supposed to kill her, you know, and the next thing it'll be depression, disabilities, genocide, genocide, genocide. Okay, this is what this is, you guys. It's genocide. Sorry, I need to just, I need to say it and people need to hear it and you can ignore it if you want, but that's what we're witnessing right now (laughs) at all fronts. And if that's not alarming enough about the ideologies, okay, you have to start seeing, like I just posted something about a lawyer in, what's his name? Anyway, it's on my stories that is saying that the the childhood inoculations now are going to be mRNA. That was always their plan. They are wanting to have them in the gene therapy. So the schools are the kill shot. It's the kill zone. That's the kill shot is what armies use when they have a certain area or perimeter that's zoned off, that's to sacrifice, to blow up. It doesn't matter. The schools are the kill shot. So I'm sorry to be the person to to tell you that, but the pharmaceutical political agenda serves many of the things that you hear the UN and WEF talking about, which our country clearly adheres to. It serves the population, the, you know, through infertility, lifelong pharma patients. And when the society and our children are weak, sick, and dependent, they're easier to control. So then there you go. That's a quick synopsis of the dark side. But I have solutions with all the unschooling and light side. Anyone could just follow your social media and see that you're taking videos real life videos and you're explaining as well what is happening which is amazing because some you can get caught up in words right online because we're hearing so many things we've heard things from the news which we're supposed to trust and now we're like oh actually this isn't true here's another Mm -hmm. truth so when you can see people speaking and you can start to dissect it which is what you're doing so thank you for doing that and making it articulating it you know like that's the thing I think a lot of the times we know something doesn't feel right but we don't have the words to put to it so we can connect to other people and maybe start to explore what is happening so we stay stuck in this echo chamber with words and feelings that don't make sense and then suddenly when someone just highlights something and puts a sentence to it you're like oh my god it's like aha moment and then other things start to unfold and you don't need so many words to understand it because once you see one thing it's it's all an expression of the same thing really isn't it it's like coming from the same source just projected in different things and what I'm really what I love about this conversation and finding you is that it's not just about the heaviness because what the heaviness is bringing is this realization that underneath it all that we can reclaim the joy like we can experience Mm -hmm. that joy and that happiness when we see that we once we tune in to ourselves and our family and our community and see what their needs are it's so simple, actually. It's just that we, we're not used to someone looking at us and saying, how can I support you? Or what is it that you need in this moment? Like that is not something that we've been brought up with through our world as soon as we've gone into school or, you know, gone into the work life. It's like, how can you serve me? That is, so the difference is flipping it, right? It's like, 
how can we be together and how can we support each other? And that is what I, I really love about this because there is so much out there right now and it can seem heavy. And I, I think by tapping into the, the heart, you can hold all of that shit. Like you can literally be with it, even as difficult as it gets. And you're a perfect example of someone who has held it and gone through the waves with it and been like, I'm still here. And look, there's a bright side. <laughs> there's a bright side. I remember with my mentor saying to her at one point, like I was just on the precipice of like being like understanding the philosophy. Like I can articulate it, but to embody it is very different and it takes time. And I remember calling her and just being like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is this really it? Like, can, can, is, like, can it be this easy? Like, is this, is this really, is this what life is supposed to be? Like, can I just live with them happily? and just loves them and just do stuff with them. And they're going to learn anyway, like that, that, you know, and, and it's so hard to wrap your, your mind around that as a parent who's been brought up in the system, because not only have we not gotten anyone asking what our needs are, we have never gotten that kind of trust that we're instilling in our own children. We've never been extended that same courtesy. And we've also been gaslit to death and told that our intuition means nothing that our gut means nothing, to poo-poo that and IQ's everything. And look at what IQ has done. Look at what it has done. Emotional intelligence is everything, actually, and they don't teach that in school. They'll lie to you and pretend that it's, it's behind social emotional learning, but it's not. And it's the IQ. It's the, you know, comparison. It's the standardized testing. It's the nonsense is what it is. Totally. And you know, going down this path, also realizing how we have these phrases that we might bring into our conversation that actually do gaslight, you know, like you realize your own patterns as well. We've recently been with people who, one of them is a speech and language therapist. And I feel like the whole energy is like getting my daughter to speak and we're not good enough. And we should be saying it this way or that way. And for me, like I, had to really anchor in and be like, what, why is my mind now going to, I want to sit with her and like teach her something, you know, like I want to take her energy away from this thing that she's doing that she really enjoys. And I want to teach her how to speak. And that is ridiculous to me that I even got sucked into it. You know, like being in this environment for a few months, I got sucked into that because that is not the way that I would really like foundationally think about raising, supporting Araya. And it's, it's so interesting to me how easily the brainwashing can come when you feel like you're in a safe environment and it just one, one sentence leads onto another thing. And suddenly your whole reality with being with these people is about how to change my daughter in some way, you know, that she's not enough. And that was the feeling when I really peeled back the layers, what I was feeling was she's not enough and I'm not doing enough. And mm -hmm. that was my fear underneath it all. 100%. And they rely on that. And, you know, you were just doing what any of us do. In, we want the best for our child, right? right? And we don't know that we've been in a state of trauma our entire life and been controlled until we know. And even when we know, we sometimes go back to it because the programming is so deep. So you have to be patient with yourself and the fact that you were able to discern and see that because ultimately this is a business about labeling kids. And I can tell you from the books and research I've done, there are many, many kids who were labeled as dyslexic and ADHD. And once they left the system, that all went away. So 
You don't need to. And I want to leave you with one thing. If you actually observe how children learn, and there's a great book from John Holt called How Children Learn, but if you actually observe them, you will notice that not, no one teaches anybody anything. Another child will come along to see what one child's doing out of interest because it looks interesting. And if the other child says, oh yeah, I'll show you how I did that, da, 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 da. the minute one of the children starts to say, and let me show you, and this is how you do it, and you need to sit here, the other children will walk away. It's a natural thing because nobody wants to be told what to do. People just want to follow their interest until they don't have that interest anymore. People just want to navigate, you know, their own space. And, you know, like if I said to you, Danielle, I just finished this book, Weapons of Mass Destruction, another, another great one, John Taylor Gatto. And you said to me, oh, what was the book about? And I said, oh my gosh, it was about this and this and this happened because you were genuinely interested. But if you said to me, I want you to sit down and write to me the protagonist, the characters in the book, and I want you to put it into a format and I'm going to grade that format in eight pages and you're going to do it like this. Why? Now, I'm not saying that the kids don't need to write and learn and, and figure that out, but they're going to figure that out when they need to. Like when my son wanted to do a menu because he wanted to cook because he loves, he's very kinesthetic and he wanted to cook for the family and he didn't want to read, write. He never wanted to write before. No, I'm not. Well, all of a sudden he's looking at menus by himself. He's writing out an Italian menu. He's laminating it. He wants to do that because he's, he's an entrepreneur. He wants to make money. He wants to charge his own family for his pizzas. And I think it's great. But this is how it happens. There's the schooling happens just with the life. So if you can take that pressure off parents to answer your question earlier about, you know, what do you say to people who are just kind of like, you know, flirting with this idea is that it, when you take the curriculum away, when you take the, the structure and the expectations and the comparison and the scheduling, and all of a sudden it's just you and your children again. I would say my advice would be to take a year off. Nothing catastrophic is going to happen from your kids leaving the school system for a year. Take a year off and to start to unhook from the system and let your kids unhook from the system and then start the work to work on yourself, not your kids. You don't need to go find the next best thing and go find this, blah, blah, blah. no, no, on yourself. Find a community of like-minded people. I host weekly Zoom calls. I have a great container. You can find podcasts on unschooling. You can follow my work, start reading, you know, get yourself a coach if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching and you need to dive deep. I do that as well. There's lots of resources out there. That would be my, my biggest advice is just to start the work on yourself and leave the kids alone and be free and get to learn and know them again because they've been separated from us, you know, get to reconnect with them. And it, it'll take them some time because they actually won't believe. And I know you have to get into my container to understand all of the processes. But honestly, like some people are like, oh, there's, they'll just be on the iPad all the time. Well, they very might well be for a little while because they're not going to believe that they actually have freedom to drop it and keep it because you've been their controller for so long, like I was, that they're going to have to trust you again. And when that happens, then the overuse falls away because the minute that we try to control something, the nature of trying to control something, whether it be food, technology, da, 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 you name it, we create an unhealthy relationship with the very thing that we're trying to control. So again, all of that goes back to, okay, I'm going to make this decision. I don't know how it's going to work out but I need to start working on myself. You want a better relationship with your kids? Work on yourself. You want a better relationship with your partner? Work on yourself. You want a better business? Work on yourself. It all comes back to us. 
including our kids. We don't have to stress so much. Thank you so much. For all this. Wow. <laughs> that was a lot. I know we went over time and <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I could go, go for hours. Let's do like, oh my gosh, two hours later. I would love to. I would really, really appreciate if you could tell people where they can find you. I know you just like catch on light onto some things that you're offering. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Share, that would be great. Sure. You can go to my website at TashaFishman.com. I've got lots of resources there and tips and lots of podcasts I've been on and some documentaries. And I also on Instagram at Unschooling Our Kids. I just made a backup account. I'm surprised IG hasn't wiped me out yet, to be honest. So I, I don't know how long I'll be up there, but I do have my backup account. Unschool Air Kids 2.0. And then, yeah, I'm going to, I because I unschool my kids, I don't have a lot of time for one-on-one coaching. So my prices are set accordingly. But this once a week container that I have creates a huge community. And there's a collective wisdom in that, that we meet and I get to do and share things. And, you know, it's really wonderful. And it gives people access in that way and the support that they need. And then I'm planning on doing every 12 weeks a presentation which people can have access to. And I'll have a certain amount of people that I'll, that I'll let into a Zoom meeting. And we're going to do live presentations on the dark agendas, all the research, the citations and the resources that I've collected over the years, and then kind of understanding. And then, also, and then the, the philosophy of unschooling and mind control and how that plays in this and programming and all that good stuff. So lots of things to come, but just check out my website or our Instagram to get an understanding. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yes. Yes, the revolution. The revolution yeah. of reclaiming our, our freedom and reclaiming our most precious assets, our children. You know, and if people are really reluctant, I would say also like, but you know something's not right, get them out of the line of fire until we figure out what that is. Like if you don't resonate with anything that I'm saying because you haven't looked into it yourself, at least get them out of the way. There's nothing there that you can't teach them from home. We have the internet at our access. Even that's questionable these days with the censorship. So honestly, get them out of the line of fire. <laughs> and literally all comes back to like self, like you said, trust in mm-hmm. yourself that you're going to give them everything that they need in these Absolutely moments. Absolutely, you will. There's no better parent. And if you think about it, you were unschooling naturally from zero to five. Mm. You just didn't know it. You were doing it. You were providing all their needs. You were living harmoniously. You taught them to eat, to, to go to the potty, to do, not choke on stuff, to, you know, you can do this. This is, you know, this idea that they need all this stuff is just not true. Oh, the lies. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Honestly, I could, I've got so many things popping up in my mind. I'm like, no, retain that because that, that. we're going to go on for hours and hours. Yeah, I just I love it. And I, I love also that you are sharing this in your container so that there's a safe space for people to go to continue to explore. Thank you. Big thank you for everything, for your journey and for being here today, for sharing all of your insights and wisdom. Thank you. Thanks, Danielle.